Welcome back to the Truth Revealed Podcast. My name is Braylon Wareham. With me, as always, is my great friend and lovely Dylan Cottrell. Uh, Braylon, hello. Dylan, good to be here today with all of you wonderful people. Braylon, we got some weird, strange dude sitting over here. Yes, we do. We call him Doug, but not really. Our great friend, Alex Haddishell. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Alex, if you would like. Doing good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. Fine and dandy. Alex. We've been playing this podcast with you for a while now, Alex. And Oh, yeah. Um, You're just of, a busy guy. A lot of things. You're in high demand. Busy man. For yep. those of you who don't know, Alex works in insurance. He's an insurance guy. That's kind of why we call him Doug. He fits the, the description of the, the Doug from Liberty Mutual. A little bit. Not a lot. He just kind of resembles a little bit. But should see him wearing sunglasses. Eight really, meters. really. <laughs> In fact, we tried to get Alex to put on a fake mustache. He wouldn't, he wouldn't fall for it. But, you know, I guess it's okay. All right. Let's get... We are talking today. We don't, we're going to do something a little bit differently. We don't really have a set topic. Um, we kind of just invited Alex on here. Like, like, uh, Braylon said, he is in insurance. That means he has a lot of outlook and a lot of input on, um, society. Um, how, I don't really know why, but <laughs> he's just that kind of guy. So, um, basically what we're going to do is just kind of have an open discussion. Um, everything's on the table, um, and try to relate what we talk about to the Bible, which is what we do. So Alex... You want to get us going here? Sure. <clears throat> yeah, I'm from Fulton. Okay, so Alex, I got a question for you. <laughs> okay, okay, I got a question for you that Alex has asked. Good for you. Um, so you work in insurance, right? Yeah. What's that like? <clears throat> for, well, to carry that on, who do you work for and what specific insurance are you part of? Sure, sure. Yeah, so what it's like, um, have you guys ever seen the the movie Wolf of Wall Street? I, I, I don't believe so. It, no. Oh, good. It's not a good movie, and it's nothing like that. Okay. So I thought that was like That's a great stock description. Market. I didn't think that that was insurance. I yeah, no, it's like not. It's, it's okay. nothing like the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. So, yeah, it's, um, I work for Brotherhood Mutual, so we, we work with churches across the country. Um, yeah, and we just handle insurance. I handle claims, um, so I have the checkbook. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I mean, depends on if you need your claim paid or not. So, like, people who make claims on, like, a church bus or church vans. <laughs> so, Alex, I know we had, and you kind of had an interesting talk with me um, a few Sundays ago. You kind of explained to me a uh, video you had watched, um, kind of describing and helping understand... Um, spirit of homosexuality. Um, you could probably explain it a little bit better than I could. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us what you heard and kind of what that that whole basis was on that podcast you had mentioned. Sure, sure. <clears throat> yeah, I think before we get into that, I think it it would be best to back up. You know, so uh, something that I, we see prevalent right now in, in Christendom is 
this identity crisis, right? <clears throat> so from the churches themselves, you know, their standards, um, all the way down to just every person, um, you know, not understanding who they are. Um, they don't know their identity, the world giving them an identity. Um, so really when it comes to, uh, the topic of homosexuality, I, I really focus on identity. Um, and you know, I've been rewired a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I was listening to something and, and read, reading an article from, uh, Dr. David K. Bernard. Um, for those of you who don't know him, look him up. Um, he's got a lot of great content, um, just on different things and, and uses the Bible to, uh, get his point across. So, um, really where I like to start with it, um, and, and a lot of this is from, um, Dr. Bernard's teaching is looking at it from the identity standpoint. So, uh, I'm going to look up a scripture here. Actually, you know what, Braylon, can you look up a scripture? I don't have my Bible with me, Alex. Okay, that's the first problem. <laughs> well, here we go. So, do you need me to look up yeah, scripture, so, Alex? So, if you got Second Corinthians, um, I believe it's five. Second Corinthians five, chap verse. We're getting here. Technical gift difficulties. Hold on, folks. We got it. 517. 5 verse 17. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 517 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Yeah, so <clears throat> in this passage, uh, you know, when we look at... at uh, kind of the crux of it is when we're born again. So when we're born of the water and spirit, right. And, and we all know where that's at. Um, well, if not, we need to look it up so that that is an important understanding to know that we need to be reborn of the water and the spirit. We're made a new creature, but we're made a new creature in Christ, right? So he gives us this identity. So this whole concept of homosexuality in our culture today, it's, it's been given an identity and that's what people feed off that. I, that's, what the enemy wants. So, for example, you know, if Braylon's over here watching porn, okay, it, which is a sin, right? Or, or Dylan's over here stealing. We don't go around calling Dylan steal. A thief. Uh, if you if you seen him, you, you're not going to call him steal anyways. Just looking at him, but and we're not going to call Braylon porn, right? But when somebody's engaging in the act of you know homosexuality or in the sin of homosexuality, we label them as society as gay. Mm-hmm. Or we call them homosexuals. So we give them the power of that identity, right? Mm -hmm. And our culture has taken it to a whole new level where it's accepted, right? Mm. Not only is it accepted, it's promoted. Um, and if you don't uh, accept it, you're intolerant, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really the gist of, of what I was reading um, and listened to from Brother Bernard. I mean, he goes into it in greater lengths. But yeah, it was kind <clears> of, <throat> excuse me, I'll just forgive me for my voice, um, that's that's the the gist of it is the identity behind it. So, mm -hmm. um, and there is a spirit there, right? There there's spirituals um, attached to it, spirits attached to it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the most prevalent uh, spirits that has always been in the world and is even behind the whole LGBTQ, um, however many there are communities, um, is the spirit of rebellion. Um, and that kind of trickles into, you know, each and every sin. It, it doesn't, you don't just start out 
as a homosexual. You know, you you start out by rebelling little by little. Um, in fact, I uh, was got a, a news alert. I think it was last week sometime that in the state of Virginia, they're actually working to pass a law that parents who do not affirm their child or support their child in becoming a homosexual or in saying that they're a dog or a cat or basically just not affirming and supporting their child and whatever their child decides, that is now an arrestable offense if you do not support your child is what they're trying to pass um, in the state of Virginia. So that's crazy. It all stems back to rebellion, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, I think we need to back up just a, a hair, too. It, it is sin. It is rebellion. Um, and, and the way you treat it, you still love the person. You don't have to love the sin. You don't have to be tolerant of the sin. Right. You, you know, in fact, if you're, if you're filled with the Spirit, you shouldn't be tolerant of that. You shouldn't mm-hmm. allow that or stand for that. Because mm-hmm. once you let it in, even just a little bit, um, it just starts taking over and, and creeps in. I mean, um, I just was reading an article for the United Methodist Church. One of the big, their big churches left in um, Texas. So it was like a 6,000-member church. Um, the reason being is their, the, the corporate body's stance on uh, the LGBTQ. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I think I got that yeah. right. Yeah, their stance on that and allowing that. So... <clears throat> You know, once you let it in a little bit, right, it it, it can just change over generations, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have yeah. generations standing up to it. So, and that's mm-hmm. about what I think we face every generation that transitions into leadership is how well were they prepared? Because <clears throat> there's always like new tactics, I guess, to approach things, right? So, but the fundamentals stay the same. The foundation stays the same yeah. or should. Yeah. Oftentimes those get, you know, convoluted and, and mixed up. Um, but back to what I was saying is you still got to love the person, right? Or we should, we should love the person. Mm-hmm. We don't have to love the sin. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if we take that identity of that sin o- away from that person, we can kind of see clearly that person and their spirit crying out. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't label them, um, and give them the power of being what, you know, what they want to be called, like, like a homosexual, but identify it as a sin and, and there's still a love of God, you know, that, um, we can show them because there is a better answer. There's a better answer to the sin and, and it can be overcome through Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the biggest problems going around all faith right now is this whole, the foundation of God is love. Um, and while we can say God is love and be completely accurate in that and, um, you know, we're supposed to show God's love and all that. God's foundation is based on holiness, because if you look at it, God does not love sin, right? God does not love the devil. Um, God does not love uh, the pride of life, um, the lust of the flesh. God does not love these things. You see, but God's foundation is built upon holiness, and the holiness is what dictates the love. You see, God loves the good things. God loves souls. God loves each and every one of us. He does not love our sins. And I think once we understand that that in order to show God's love, you do not have to accept a sin, right? You don't have to give in to the, the social norms. In fact, to, to show God love, God's love is to those who are sinning and, and are unaware of it is to speak to them the truth. That is showing the mercy. That is showing the love of God. Um, but to sit down and know that they are on their way um, <clears throat> to hell, 
and to, to let it go by and to accept it because we're, we're trying to be all inclusive, all loving, right? Um, that in itself is not love. That in itself is just trying to grow a number of a church, <laughs> trying to grow a number of a paycheck for a pastor, right? Um, and so if we really understand that the foundation of God is built around holiness, which if we build our life around the holiness of God, be holy for I am holy, as the, the, the Bible says, and that'll lead us to loving people, not sins, loving souls, not sins. So I think once we can understand that and get past that, and, and many of our modern day churches, it can really open our eyes to see kind of what we need to do. Boy, I didn't realize this podcast was this deep. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't listen to you guys, so this is my first time hearing <laughs> your podcast. All right, Alex, we'll get out. All right. <laughs> now we're calling you Doug. <laughs> I would also like to add, um, this Do you goes, have a pet lemu? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Lemu. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a pet emu. Wow. Wow. Well, if we recorded live, that would have been a good, good right there. Um, yes. Alex. That would have been weird. Yeah. I want to take a quick commercial break and give a shout out to uh, Morgan Cottrell. Yeah. I heard she's the brains of this operation, um, runs the show behind the scenes. Well, she's sitting over there nodding her head no. That's a, so. uh, an easy task. Well, me and Braylon are very uh, dutiful guys. We really do what we need to do. Did you say beautiful or dutiful? Dutiful. Okay. Uh, I thought you said beautiful too. I mean, both work. I mean, you guys for are, me. you know, you definitely have the uh, face for radio. Alex, serious question. You know, when uh, Matt Harvey was on here, we asked him to do a dinosaur impression. Uh, what's your emu impression? I can give you it. Let's hear it. All right. All right. Let me get in the mindset real quick. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's no cameras in this oh room, my unfortunately. Goodness. I mean, he just did a full jump up on the he chair. He got up on his chair, flailed his arms <laughs> like like he was about to fly away. Liberty Mutual. His name is Alex Howdershell. He's a great lemu. Emu. Emu. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. He, he can be Doug if you need him to. You can change his name. He does fit the kind of that description. He's a little shorter than what you might want. Yeah, but he's a little more muscular than Doug. CGI too. has gone. You see a long Alex way. walking down the street; he might scare you. Doug, he you can embrace Doug. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's um, move on. I got nothing for you guys. All right, let's move on. Braylon, so let's go on. Let's go. I want to go back a little bit to what we're, the topic we were just talking about, and mention the story because we were we were saying how, um, how homosexuality has come into our society and has been accepted but there were days when it was not accepted like at all like mm-hmm. people were hated and persecuted like people even today over in the um eastern part of the world are being killed because of being homosexual or for mm-hmm. those um type of interactions that they deal with and Whenever this kind of topic is discussed, it, I'm always reminded of the story of the uh, the woman at the well. 
because she had many husbands and she felt the sh- she definitely felt the shame of her past um and for those who may not know a little bit of the backstory she would go to the well every day in the middle of the day and the odd thing about this was in the middle of the day was when it was the sun was up and it was blazing hot you know this was the warmest part of the day and usually people would go early in the morning to get the water when it's cooler and you know it's not as much work but she would go in the middle of the day to avoid social interaction because people knew who she was and what she had done but Jesus came along and met her at the well and they had that had a little discussion and he obviously knew everything that she had gone through in her past and when he announced that to her like he knew and then she knew he was the messiah the absolute joy and peace that she found um it just it kind of warms my heart into thinking that you know just because other people go through shame and feel this kind of stuff as well and feel that guilt of their past i mean they can still be forgiven no no matter how far you've gone into it yeah i mean no matter how much guilt the world puts on you god is still the same forgiving god yeah yep Yep. homosexuality so, is a sin I think, just I think like everything key, else right right and i think the key there is she still had multiple husbands not multiple wives mm. adam and eve oh. not adam i'm just i'm just kidding but Steve a couple people. points here on on what you're you're talking about and you know she did feel this shame and that was a great great example Braylon. thank mm. you for for bringing that up um in today's world it seems like we're we're under and I, you'll hear me say this quite often like an identity crisis right we don't know who we are or you know um we fall into these categories so what i've noticed um just from friends and and people i've been around you know whoever gives you attention whoever pours into you it, it doesn't even have to be a huge point into just to make you feel good you know you tend to follow that especially in a right. world where um the pressures had built up. You're right. You know, homosexuality wasn't accepted um, so openly and freely. It had. It's. It's been a process. When you look back at the sh- TV shows that have slowly integrated it, right. and now um, we see it in every commercial. We see it in every TV show mm-hmm. um, there, that's out there. It's. It's so prevalent and mainstream. Um, it's even and, in a lot and of Disney you're movies. you're seeing kids at a younger and younger age. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at elementary schools. Yeah, Disney movies are right. Right, it's flooding into that. Yeah, kind of stuff. absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, entertainment just is just littered with it, and it, and it's it's that's been a big proponent of pushing it forward. And think about it. Think about it this way: if you're a kid and you don't quite fit in, or somebody just makes an assumption about you, and you get poured into by anything really. I mean, think about sports too. Right, that's a great example of of an impouring into you. So, if basketball your basketball team is just making you feel like you're a part of something and you just you're going to start working harder about it your your identity is going to be identified with that basketball team Mm -hmm. so um, I don't know if you guys have ever gone through any sports or anything like that that I mean you guys look like strapping athletes but maybe back in my younger days (laughs) sure sure yeah Yeah. me too um back when I was in high school but when you when you get poured into um or give attention to like it's simple things too that I, I've seen people latch on to just simple things of how you doing like you know being kind being nice letting them sit at your lunch table mm-hmm. right 
And I think um, as Christians, and I'm and I'm preaching to myself here a little bit, you know, I wasn't as open and accepting of everybody, you know, either. Like, um, instead of inviting people to sit at any table, you know, no, I, I went with the basketball crowd or I went with my soccer team. Like, that's who I was a part of, right? We're all looking, we're all seeking to be a part of something. That's just innate in us. Right. Um, and, and we have this, I guess, free will and, and free liberty, I guess, to, to decide things on our own. I mean, and that's been present from the onset. Like, God gave Adam the choice, right? And they chose incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when we go back to your story of the woman in the well, you know, um, she, she had this identity and she was seeking to fit in and find this peace. And she found Jesus, right? right? Or Jesus found her. One way or another, the answer is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So when we have churches that, you know, pour into communities, that stuff's important. You know, living it every day as a Christian, as a believer, that it, it does go a long way. You know, mm-hmm. talking to somebody that you never normally wouldn't, talking to somebody that struggles with something, because something's going to grab a hold of them. It's either yeah. going to be of God or it's going to be of this world. That's yeah, that's right. just something I've learned. That's something mm-hmm. I talked about with my uh, dear friend, um, Brandy Cottrell. I mean, whoever's pouring into the kids, especially at a young age, that's what they're going to identify as. So right. when these groups go into these schools and, and hey, they're at least nice to me, well, I, maybe I am gay. Right? Well, maybe I am. Now, now they're questioning. They're giving them doubt. Yeah. Um, because they don't have the word of God in their life. They don't have a prayer life, a spiritual life to really set up who their identity is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, they really do rely on those who do have prayer lives and those who do walk with God to kind of show them like you were talking about there. Um, I've kind of always, you know, imagined, uh, an illustration I got, um, actually earlier today, um, just kind of thinking by myself, um, you know, if you imagine a gun, okay, a gun by itself can't do much, right? It's, it's not able to fire itself. It, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And so, um, Everyone just staring at me here. Shout, but, shout out to the yeah. NRA right here. But, um, Amen. <laughs> um, so, so if you imagine a gun, right? Guns by themselves can't do nothing. Um, so imagine yourself being a gun. Now, imagine, you know, when you put that gun into somebody's hand, now that that gun has the power to do right or do wrong. Right? You can do right by protecting yourself if you're in need of that, or by, um, you know killing an animal for food, for sustenance, stuff like that. Um, or you can do wrong, you know, the murders, the, the stuff like that, um, injure people. And so you, you, but it depends on what hand you're in, right? It depends on what the person's intentions behind the gun is. So if, you know, you're, you're here and you're in the hands of the world, you know, at the moment, it may seem great. You know, you haven't you haven't shot anybody, you haven't injured anybody, right? You just have a gun. It's cool, right? But then, what eventually happens? You, we know that the wages of sin are death. So, we know that f- what follows the cool stuff, the the surface stuff, is death, is sin. Um, but in, in the right hands, if you think about it, you know that's if you walk in the holy and acceptable way of God. Um, you're going to 
be used for for good things. You're not going to be used for bad things. And the problem is, like Alex was saying, we have so many quote unquote Christians who are out there, you know, condemning the person and not condemning the sin. You know, I've sat down and I've had dinner with homosexuals. It's they're just people. They're normal people. You know, mm-hmm. they're bound by a sin. You know, I, I'm bound. I've been bound by sins before. Alex has been bound right. by yeah. sins before. <clears throat> yeah. Amen to that. I mean, there is a better answer, and it's through Jesus, yeah. right? Um, you know, I, I you don't even see it as much as condemning the people anymore. It's acceptance. They're they're accepting the person. They're accepting the sin. Um, and I I'm a, a believer that small things matter, right? So if you stand on any amount of sin, right, that's going to deteriorate. It, it may be a water and rock situation where it slowly deteriorates. Um, and I know we've been talking a little bit about end times here lately, um, here, here at church. Um, and just some of my studies have led me there too. Um, and there's a scripture in, uh, first Timothy, it's first Timothy four, uh, one, it says, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That can go in a a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think part of part of this this tolerance movement, I, I heard somebody call it woke, like being woke. I don't know. Yeah. Have you guys heard that? That mm-hmm. sounds like a young term. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. The wokeism movement, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that kind of what it's talking about? It's just tolerance of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of being aware of everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah. To me, that's... that's being politically correct all the time. Well, that's like... That's basically what the scripture is talking about. I mean, you're departing from your faith. To me, if if you depart from even an inch of this word, you know, unless God leads you there, which I don't think it would because it's his word. I mean, you're you're departing from the faith. You're lowering your standards. And when, when you lose modesty, you lose truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great point because, um, everyone likes to find those loopholes, right? Like when I was first started coming to church, I wanted to know what I could get away with. Yep. Like what, I want to be part of this, but what can I keep that I still had before? Like coming into church, I had to really prioritize my time and giving giving up my precious time to to my church, to my youth group at the time, and to my study and just giving time to God in general through prayer study and all those things. And that, that was probably the hardest thing that I even still struggle with today is sacrificing my time. Um, and just especially those first couple months, just trying to find those loopholes and even Christians now who have been in church for years upon years. And I mean, since their entire life, since birth basically have grown up knowing these holiness standards and modesty standards right. and yet still trying to find those loopholes like you know it's okay if my skirt is too short just as long as my leggings mm-hmm. go a certain length you know finding those loopholes right right yeah. right yeah <clears throat> I, th- I think that's a great lesson for any any person new person seeking christ mm-hmm. right i i deal, i did the exact same thing um, and until I put on that new identity, till I truly let myself die to the Lord, right, um, and was buried in baptism 
um, not only of just water, but of the spirit. I did the same thing. I tried to justify every action that I could because I mean, man, it was great to hear these messages. Like right. it was better than any Ted, Ted talk I've ever heard, you know, coming on a Sunday morning, but I didn't like the conviction that came with it. Right. I mean, my yeah. flesh didn't at least. And I think that's where that's every new convert or um, just any new person seeking the Lord. They have to, to go through that. I think that's just human nature mm-hmm. um, or our flesh, flesh nature, I guess, if yeah. you, if you will, that, yeah, you got to put down those things. I mean, it's easy it, it, to me. It sometimes it seems a little easier if you grow up in it, right? You know what your expectations are, right? But if you're new, you're gonna seek it a little harder because you don't know what the expectations yeah. are. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just watching you do the same thing I I went through. I mean, um, and hearing it, you know, I think we need to share that testimony with people. Like that's what I'm saying. We need to stand on the truth, stand on what we believe in, and it's gonna take self study. It's gonna take time. That's what I've learned. It's mm-hmm. in order for me to teach anybody. You're gonna to have to know it. I mean, yep, yeah. And that's not gonna just take a quick ten minute. I'm gonna cram session before exactly. they really yeah. teach it because the questions will be, you know, insurmountable. Yeah, so, you can't teach yeah. what you don't know, what you don't understand. Um, kind of while Brennan was talking, I was reminded of a story um, in the Bible uh, found in the Book of Judges about finding loopholes. Um, there's a man named Micah, not the prophet Micah that we find later on in the Old Testament, but um, in the book of Judges, Micah is first arrived on the scene stealing from his mother, okay? Okay. And instead of his mother condemning him or telling him, hey, that's wrong, don't do that, his mother praised him for it um, and, and gave him wealth, gave him a lot. Um, and with that, Micah became a very, you know, respectable, not respectable, but a very respected businessman and, and a very respected leader in, in the village and the uh, tribe he was in. And uh, eventually it led Micah to building his own kind of temple type shrine type thing, um, hiring a, uh, uh, I believe it was a Levite, hiring a Levite to come in and um, be the priest over the temple and uh Basically, what he was doing, he he and, and I believe the Bible mentioned that he has no having it. He he it never once mentions that he's doing it under the authority of God. Right. It always says he's doing it under his own authority, and so um, that's that's exactly how it is. Having the appearance of you know having the appearance of the power, having the appearance of the knowledge, having the appearance. Of faith and for and Timothy even talks about it in First Timothy uh, three, um, I forget what verse it is, but he talks about in the last days there's going to be many that have the appearance of faith, and many that are going to deceive those who don't believe, and um, that's why we got to be careful when we're looking for loopholes because we can it you get really good really quickly when you're looking for loopholes on how to have the appearance of religion right. Religion isn't what's going to save you in the day of judgment. It's relationship that's going to save you. Right. Yeah. I, I one time heard a preacher say, you know, on the day of judgment, God's not going to have a manual for, you know, Pentecostals. He's not going to have a manual for Baptists up there. Yeah. And like, hold on, wait, you were you were under this denomination. Let me let me get this for you. No, yeah. it's it's going to be, you know. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. not going to be be what your denomination is or mm-hmm. tradition. Is. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> 
Yeah, and that, and that you know, in that story that you you mentioned, you know, what about the Levite? Like, who did he go and in you know become the priest of this this temple? Mm-hmm. I mean, depart, departing from the faith, right? Yeah. I mean, we see that with with churches nowadays and leaders in in every denomination. No denomination is free of it. No organization is free from it. Of where people know the truth, they believe it, they preach it, and you know, there's temptation. There's sin something enters in that changes it mm-hmm. um and i think I, th- I do believe that we're in a time that it's it's time to stay strong um one thing that's been weighing heavy on my heart is being awake watching and since then I t- i've taken a lot more naps like <laughs> i've just felt so tired and it's crazy that makes me believe maybe we're on to something here um I, what i mean is mm, being yeah. awake for the end times yeah um, being awake for the the signs of prophecy, um, yeah. and then you know we we just had a message delivered not too long ago about that, about mm-hmm. the temple mm-hmm. being rebuilt, yeah. about the Sanhedrin being you know reassembled, the heifer, the red heifers going to yeah. Israel. I mean all this stuff. So um, I don't know. Do you guys study or follow much of that? Spe- not. I don't like go into depth about it, but I do like to hear about things like that. Um, I do believe. As I'm not sure. Sometime very recently. Either two or three of those red heifers have already been sent and are like being looked over because I believe um, Brother John Faulkner, um, he teached a class this morning and he said that, yeah, they're being looked over. And if there's even like one single white hair or anything, any kind of blemish on them, they're going to be tossed aside and looking for that that new perfect, mm-hmm. you know. That perfect red heifer. Yeah, well, they couldn't have gone anywhere better to, to find them. You know what state they went to? Mm-mm. The great state of Texas. <laughs> them purebreds. Now, have you, you know were, what they say comes out of Texas, boys? Where are you going to go with this, Alex? I don't red heifers. <laughs> red heifers, that's right. Red heifers and red peppers. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, the dad jokes are just flowing. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> but yes, being being awake and being aware of what is going on, and not only just our country, but in our world, because we have plenty of things that are going on around us that are very prophetic, um, such as the war in Russia and Ukraine. That's that's prophecy coming to pass right there before our eyes. And as we just talked about, you know, the red heifers and. Um, the Sanhedrin, it's all coming to pass as the Lord spoke in the word. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Um, I think it's, you got to look globally a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys familiar with the World Economic Fund or Forum? Sorry. World Economic Forum. No, sir. No. <clears throat> so uh, a man I, I've just had the pleasure of, I'll probably call him a friend now. He's a colleague of mine. Um, he just kind of uh, we, we were just discussing this the other day. The World Economic Forum is made up of the elite of the elite. It was started by um, a man named Klaus Schwab. Um, and he's he was an advisor for, like, you know, some big people. I think Bill Gates, you know, being one of those names. Um, some Definitely some political leaders, Barack Obama, people like that. Um, and under him, there's a man named Yuval Noah Harari. I probably butchered that, so sorry. Um, and this guy uh, it 
comes up and he's actively talked about these theories of uh, against God, right? And this World Economic Forum, it's bigger than what we realize. So it, it fronts as a almost like a governmental entity like the United Nations, mm-hmm. so to speak. But it, this is made up of the elite of the elite people. It's it's a privately owned, uh, well, it's owned by those members. It's not owned by any government, regulated by any government. Um, and what it is, it's 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 essentially a criminal organization. Mm-hmm. What you would see on like a, a Bond film. Mm-hmm. Really? Like to that extent, like there's... There's theories out there that, you know, they were had a hand to play in the COVID um, because they have the the leadership, this Klaus Schwab and, and his his second in charge has had things published about, you know, like this humankind reset, we'll call it. You know, that's that's not don't don't quote me on that. Those words exactly. But it's talking about this humankind reset because of global overpopulation. And um if you track the trends, you're talking about wiping out people so these guys have yeah. a bigger playground. Yeah. Right. And more resources, more yeah. wealth. Um, you know, and it, and it was out there for a while and, and it's it's gone. It was on the, the Chinese dark web or links to there. But basically the Chinese president before COVID, it was like November 19 or something like that, um, had stated, you know, basically like the people are going to become richer. One of the ideas to make that happen is through some desolation of population. Because, for example, if your grandparents and your parents just die, well, let's say your grandparents die, their inheritance now goes to your parents, so they just became richer. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this COVID pandemic, some people have th- theorized that, you know, it was man-made, come out of a, you know, a, um, I'm trying to think what the, the labs were, bio, it's a bio lab, like class four or something like that. I don't know. You have to look that one up. But that is man-made. And, you know, a lot of people have died. Like, the number of deaths we've had, apparently, this year, I haven't seen, I don't, haven't validated it yet myself, has gone up across mm-hmm. the globe. Like, massively. Which is interesting. I, I find that very interesting. And, and they're, they're speculating that the shot has a part to play in it. Yeah. I know we're getting out there on some, yeah. on some limbs here. So, um... I actually have something interesting to, to talk about the vaccine. Um, so I I know in our local area, recently with pregnancies, there seems to have been a lot of complications. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I know there's all you know, there's always gonna be complications in pregnancy right. and all that, but it seems like over you know, since COVID was a thing, since the vaccine became popular and you know, you gotta have it when you go to the hospital and all this and that seems like there's been a lot of complications with pregnancies. Um, and that probably goes right along with what you're saying, you know, trying to control the population and trying to control, um, really just control the people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was just listening to, um, a news report from uh, USA watchdog. Um, and the reason I like these guys is cause they don't care and they're not backed by some of these big news outlets and, and they don't care who, um, here's here's what they're saying, I guess, or they don't care the ramifications necessarily. Um, they're just more interested in in producing the news, right? Mm-hmm. And I know every news outlet says that, and every news outlet's biased in some manner of or way. They seem to be uh, here in the U.S. a little more unrefined, and I I do enjoy that part. Um, 
And that was one thing that they're, they're tracking um, the, this data of people who've had the vaccine, the booster, the second booster, the second vaccine, you know, the multiple shots and the health ramifications from it. So, you know, I think it was Cole, Cole, Colbert. Stephen Colbert had got COVID or something um, after he was like vaccinated and boosted. And it was like big news, like, oh, well, why is he having if he's, you know, got all these vaccines? Right. Yeah. You know, the begs a question on begs a question on, you know, what what's in it? You know, is it is it really this this diabolical like take over the world type plot? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, we do know that um, in the end times, these these powers are going to rise mm-hmm. up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's got to be be on the watch and looking out. Um, <clears throat> one theory is that, yeah, the multiple vaccines you've had, the it's they're theorizing that you know, in the next five years, you're going to see more deaths from it. Mm-hmm. So leading to it, I, I don't know. That's just pure speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have any hard data. That's just what people are predicting. So, and, and when I say people, I'm talking about people of the statistics and science field, you know, people that that's all they do. They look at numbers and somehow can predict things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of going along the same lines um and also kind of switching it up there um elon musk a name we all know right um so elon musk i i saw a video um where he was on a some some podcast somewhere and talking about a project that they're working on um where they will instill a computer chip into to the brains of humans right and his exact words well, don't quote me exact words on this, but what he basically said, and um, pretty close to what he said, is that we will no longer need God, right? Is yeah. that does that sound like that? That's of God. Does that sound like that's taking us in the right the right direction? Right. Um, right. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing a lot of the spirit of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, in different things like this. And, and we're talking about powerful people, right? Like people that can do big things. I mean, just imagine what Elon Musk could do with his fortune um, for God right, if yeah. he really wanted to. Um, so we're talking about people that can move move things, right? Maybe not move mountains, but they can move things in, in the general direction. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> going back to this World Economic Forum and this, this guy... Uh, you know, the second in command, Harari, he's been, he's talked about these things of, of changing people with cybernetics and, and all these things. And basically, you know, has come out and stated things and I'm paraphrasing. So don't quote me exactly on these words. Um, we don't basically write he, down our quotes today. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Basically he can create a better humankind than God. Yeah. You know, that, um, you know, just multiple things that, uh, this guy believes um, and he's Israeli, mm. I think. I think he comes from the Middle East. Don't, don't quote me on that either. We might need to cut that <laughs> one out. Um, or do some studying before we post that. Um, I'm trying to look up. There was a quote that he had, uh, and it was about... It was a, uh, where is it? Yeah, so... Well, Alex is looking for that quote. Um 
what 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 else does this look like? You know, if we look over the Bible, in times where they didn't think they needed God, um, I can think of a really big example. What happened to the world in Noah's age? Right, these people who had completely turned their eyes away from God, and the Bible says that He God searched all the land, and all He could find in all the land was Noah. Um, and we know the great flood came, killed all humanity. Uh, except for Noah and his family. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to, there's going to be an awakening. <laughs> you know, if if people really understood how gracious and how merciful God is, um, you know, in the, in the dispensation in which we live, um, you know, some of the things we do, the things we say, we would have been struck dead with lightning. Back in the Old Testament, yeah. the earth would have opened up and swallowed us, and a bear would have came and, and got us for making fun of Mr. Clean. I mean, you know, <laughs> okay. some of you will get that reference, some of you won't. <laughs> um, so, so um, I mean, there's going to, you know, God is a merciful God, but he's also a just God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's going to be a day where, you know, we, there may not be, repercussions to what you say, you know, we don't need God right now. Um, but there's going to be a day, the Bible says, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And on that day, let me tell you, you're going to need God to to know you. You know, you're going to need to have a personal relationship and not have relied on the powers of man, not have relied on the mind of man, because those who have done that are are, are going to not have fun for for eternity um and eternity is a long time never ending right yeah right yeah i think you know people ask me do you you know do you think the end times are coming i say yeah um and you see things like oh this guy's the antichrist like i I think they said trump was the antichrist right at a certain point in time some people believe that yeah sure yeah um you know and people don't know some people don't know, like, well, are we going to see the Antichrist? Like, are we just going to be able to see him and recognize him? You know, I, I think we're going to go through a period of, of tribulation first. Um, you know, I don't, I know there's speculation there. Like, are 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 you going to be raptured before that? Or are you going to have to go through the tribulation? I think regardless of before you enter in that promised period of, you know, was it seven years? Mm-hmm. Um, I think before we enter into that, I think things are going to have to get a lot harder. Um, and I think we're almost to that point, um, just by the degradation of, of our culture. Um, but if you think of, of where we're at now, we're very, very comfortable. We're very comfortable. Um, and in this country, we have this idea that our identity matters to ourselves. Like we can be whatever we want. Um, you know, we need to be an influencer. We need to be on social media. We, you know, we can act how we want and, and be how we want. Um, almost like a little bit of lawlessness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have guys in power uh, that don't know God. And that's, you know, that's maybe they know the, the opposite side of it, you know, that they have the spirit of the Antichrist in it. So going back to this, this um, the guy I was talking about who's part of this this huge organization and and. It is very big and powerful and prominent in the World uh, Economic Forum, and it, it might be the most influential organization out there on the earth. 
Um, you know, people like to say the United Nations and things like that, but I think they have the United Nations under their thumb. I don't have verifiable evidence of it, but when you have people that are in that much power and have their own agenda, um, I don't know how you cannot. Um, you know, and here's some quotes from the second in command or second in charge of this. Um, he said, how do you cause people to believe in an imagined order such as Christianity, democracy, or capitalism? First, you never admit that the order is imagined. So what he's saying here is, how do you keep keep order within a, a society, right? And he's basically saying that, you know, Christianity, this idea of democracy or capitalism, it's, a, it's made up and it's this can socially constructed thing that we just fall in place. And if you're in the powerful seat and know what's going on, that you don't have to admit that it's imagined mm-hmm. to keep the people in order. Yeah. So um, I want to bring to the attention. Um, I hope every, you know, Christians at this point understand that Disney should not be supported. Um but I want their uh, Disney is is part of FX. FX is part of Disney. Um, so a Disney supported show has been released actually in 2022 um, called Little Demon. Um, and I'll read the description here for you. Um, kind of just skim through here. So the show Little Demon um, is an animated horror comedy series centering on Laura, a reluctant mother who was impregnated by Satan 13 years ago. And Chrissy, her antichrist daughter, who has just come into her demonic powers. Try as they might live an ordinary life in Delaware. The two are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearns for custody of his daughter's soul. Chrissy must also navigate the chaos that is junior high school, while Laura struggles to assimilate to the rhythms of a small town life. So, hell, Satan, demons is now an animated adult comedy show. Let that sink in. Where have we gone as a society that we are now basically making fun of hell? You know, basically making jokes about Satan, basically making jokes about... Uh, the Antichrist and, and and demonic powers, let's just be clear, demons have no power, right? We know the only power rests in God. Um, so think about that, that now we live in a society, and it, it's kind of become prevalent over the years um, with a lot of, lot of movies and, and different things, but, you know, when I first uh, w- was made aware of this show... Um, and watched a, a video on on it. It it really kind of made me sick to my stomach to really think about it. You know that this show. You know, while they say it's for for um, adults, we all know. You know, growing up as teenagers, growing up as as young kids, animated shows draw kids, right? Mm-hmm. Whether or not that animated show has nudity, whether it has cussing, whether it has gore, blood, all this different stuff, it still draws kid to animation. Um, 
And so just think about that. You know, what what is the real goal here? It's to indoctrinate. You know, it's it's to make fun of and say, you know what, sin's really, really cool. You know, look at the devil in, in the trailer in the trailer video I was watching it. The devil was riding around on a motorcycle, you know, look how cool he is, you know, all all this different stuff. Um, you know, it it it's sad and it should be opening the eyes to to the Christian uh, community, the Christian believers that that know that the Bible says that in the end times, you know, these things are going to happen. Um, you know, it talks about the waves roaring, how many hurricanes that we had. You know, just the simple things like that. It talks about pestilences, COVID nineteen. Um, you know, pay attention, <laughs> pay attention, open your eyes. Like like uh, Alex said, awaken yourself. You know. Um, because those who who are asleep are is what the Bible says. You know he's going to come as a thief in the night, and if you're asleep, you're not going to be prepared to you know defend yourself if a thief broke in in the night. You know, but if you're awake, if you're alert, you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, and to and to take that deeper. So not only do you have to be awake, you got to be be um, trying the spirits, right? You, yeah. you know, it says test the spirits because there's. And it's throughout the Bible, it warns us of false prophets and being led astray by false prophets, right? Um, you know, they'll come in sheep's, sheep's skin and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're wolves, right? Yep. So not only that, but you got to be, you got to be in tuned with the Lord. You got to have a relationship with God because I, we're, we're under the great, it seems like a, the great numbing, as I like to call it. So I think Morgan coined that term, but I don't know. Um, you, everybody's numb to, to sin right now. You know, this, this circles back to our original conversation on, on identity and, you know, specifically on homosexuality that we talked about. We're numb to sin in this world. And, and we're talking about people that do know the truth. We're, we're talking about pastors yeah. that know truth as well. You know, none of us are, are exempt from, from, from it in this world. Like either being around sin, you know, we can try to live a sinless life. You know, we've all fallen short, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you, unless you barricade yourself in your house and have no access to electricity, there still might be, there's still going to be temptation. Sin, right. So yeah. we're, we're being numbed in this, in our society specifically in, in the States here because of our comfort, you know, because we don't have to face a firing squad for having a podcast mm-hmm. that talks about scripture for having a podcast that's openly just said homosexuality is a sin. It's in the Bible. Yeah. You know, I think I, I'm pretty confident all three of us um, and your sound guy is going to walk out of here uh, and go home without being shot by the local authorities. Yep. Pretty confident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we it, it started in entertainment as well. You know, we we're getting numbed up where um, I was just having a conversation uh, and I, I won't I won't say who she is or what she is, but she's a relation to me. And um she's just accepted the fact that homosexuality is, is out there and just, it's okay. And, um, now she's not, but we have family members. We all, and I'm sure most of us probably do nowadays have friends or family that go, Mm -hmm. you know, um, specifically go into homosexuality. Um, and what do you do? What do you do as a parent? If your, your child comes to you, you know, sometimes it's too late. If it's if they're 18 years old and you haven't haven't instilled the things of God and the desire, you know, if you, ch- you teach God or teach your child to love God from an early age, 
it, it, you know, it's too late for them to not fall in the sin, maybe some aspects. Um, but circling back are all our conversations today. What do we do? What do we do, boys? So I, I, I got a scripture I want to read. It's it's Second Corinthians four four. So it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So this, to me, when you study that scripture out, you find your answer to what our next step is. Okay, And it's so easy for us to fall into this trap of, I'm going to pray for our my lost child. I'm going to pray for my lost family. I'm going to pray that, Lord, just please bring my, my family to you, right? Let them know you. And that's great. Um, but I think it goes even deeper. I think this scripture tells us to go even deeper that we need to one stand on the truth. Like if, if you watch are watching something, Dylan, and you, you see these little demons and there's something inside of you that doesn't sit right to me, that's a, that's an indicator. And that's what you should look out for. That's mm-hmm. an indicator that, you know, you're, you know, you've got, the spirit of the Lord in you and that it's wrong. If you're not and you watch it and laugh and, and you know, all these other things, you know, you watch all these shows that um, promote homosexuality, that promote um, transgenderism, that promote um, murder, violence. I mean, all these things that we become so numb to mm-hmm. and your spirit doesn't turn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Y- you need to do something. I mean, that should be a sign, um, but they've been blinded. They've been blinded by, yep. you know, uh, the God of this world. And it, and it's, it's biblical. I mean, I just read, read the scripture from you, you know, so there needs to be a light to shine through. So that's, I think our next step. Like, how do we do that? You know, you're right. We can't just sit there and condemn them. You know, we can't sit there and condemn people for, for that sin because who are we to judge? Yeah. Who are we to condemn? Um, it wasn't too long ago. I was part of that. I was being blinded by this world. The shows that I watch, the music I listen to, um, there's a specifically a song by Queen, and in this song, it's there's really nothing nefarious about it. Like there's nothing necessarily immoral about this song. There's um, nothing that's wrong about it. And I, I listened to it once when after I got into church, and and um, I have a good friend that I used to work with, a couple of them, um, Megan, Harv, and um, Brandy, and I was talking to him about it. I'm like, hey, I, I listened to the song on the way home from work. And something just did not sit right with me. Uh, and my friend Harv, he sent me a message um, about music and like, you know, what, what you listen to matters. Right. Mm-hmm. And what it was, what it was, was it's the spirit behind the, the mm-hmm. band Queen. Okay. They have a homosexual um, spirit attached to it. Right. They have that sin attached to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, I didn't even know that until their documentary came out. You know, I didn't know that, but I felt it after I started knowing God, he started giving me discernment and wisdom and understanding. Um, you know, so instead of praying that God just delivers them to you, like they have to be opened, their eyes have to be opened for themselves. Um, and that's, that's the the interesting thing about living for God is it's, it's our own choice. Mm -hmm. Um, it's our choice, whether we we're going to engage in that sin, it's our choice, whether we identify it as sin. Right. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying that you get to choose, pick and choose which what's sin, what's not. It's our choice whether we recognize it as sin. Mm-hmm. It's still sin, okay? Sin is sin. Yeah. Anything that that goes against the living word of God, okay, and is just completely opposite of what the the, 
Lord either said himself or, you know, through his, his people, his, the inspired word is sin. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's more about praying for just revelation and, and opening their eyes to it and in loving them as you would love, you know, a brother that's sitting next to you in a pew. Um, yeah. You know, that's one one shift that I, I've changed for my own family. Instead of just praying for God just to deliver them, they're, they're going to have to make that choice. Yeah. Um, and that's a hard thing to understand. That's a hard thing to comprehend, especially when you love somebody and you really want them to know the truth that you you know. Um, part of that, too, is just you being studied on the Word, okay? You being prepared um, and, and praying, like, God, you know, just show them, give me an opportunity, give put somebody in their path to, to open that light. So, you know, I, I feel like we've been numb. I call it numbing. You can call it blinded. Um, it's, it's, we're just in a, a, a society that's the comfort is probably our greatest enemy. Yeah. Which is, is the irony in that is just so strong because generations and generations before us have literally tried to become more comfortable every generation. Right. Right. That's why you work hard. You know, if you, if your family started a business, they want the next generation not to have to go from a startup to, you know, a multi-million dollar business. They want to Mm -hmm. go from a multi-million dollar business to a hundred million dollar business. And then from there to a billion dollar business. Right. That's at least the the intent behind most people to start businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully that all made sense. Sorry, I'll, I'll jump off my soapbox here, but um, there's things we can do. And I, I think instead of looking at it as grim, you know, the grim podcast that we just had a little bit, you know, there there is hope, and there's hope in Jesus. Yeah, there's hope that He can open their eyes and and He can call on them and deliver them. There's things we can do to help, but it's only through the Spirit that we can do that. And act upon yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we're wrapping up here shortly. But, um, yeah, just to add on to that, you know, I, I've heard it said multiple times by pastor. Um, we don't we don't see, you know, see, he's had people ask him, why don't we see demon possession in the States, you know, right. as far as other places, you know, out, out of state third world countries? And, you know, the answer that, that he's given is because we're, we're so self-possessed ourselves. Mm-hmm. The devil doesn't need to send demons to, to possess us if, if we're so possessed by entertainment, if we're so possessed by comfortability, right? Um, you know, third world countries, they, they don't have comfortability. They can't even drink water without risk, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's comfortability that it'll... It'll get you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much to look, like you said, you know, we're self, self-possessed, self I guess. Um, or, you know, the little God inside of us, little G there, right? Like yeah. we're our own little gods at times. Um, it doesn't take much to see that. Like, and it's so easy to get distracted for a week of not praying, a week of not getting into scripture, right? Because we have things that we, other things we can do. And, if you don't believe me, just go on Facebook. Go on Facebook and and watch. Go through a reel of videos, and you're not you're gonna see um, unmodest people. You're gonna see profane language. You're gonna see things that they do, and that you just shake your heads. I mean, sometimes you laugh; they're funny, right? But then you really get to think about it. It's not funny, okay? Mm-hmm. You're like, why would they do that? Why would they dress that way? Why would they act this way? They're they're trying to get views. They're trying to you know 
do whatever, become an influencer, get paid to do social media. Um, what it really boils down to is exactly what you said, and exactly what pastors has has said too. Is it's just their own own self desires and pride. Yeah, that have caused that. Yeah, you know when you think of it, and it's a really hard mental place to get. Um, but I like to take myself there sometimes uh, when I feel pride. You're you're a very small person on this earth when you think of how many people are out there. I mean, there's 350 million in our country alone, and that's the last census. It's probably gone up. So when you think about, you know, who you are and your impact, I mean, and we all have that in us, right? We want to we wanna leave a legacy. We want to leave an impact. Um, the greatest impact you can do is, is for the kingdom, for the kingdom yeah, of God. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when, you know... <laughs> When you think about it, you know, I there was a time in my life when I was rebellious and running around doing weird things. But um, in my mind, what I was doing was, you know, I um, at that point had, you know, received a call of God on my life and um, a situation came about that kind of made me not want that call. And so what I was doing in, in my mind, the, the lie that I believed from the enemy was, OK, I'm going to punish God by removing myself, you know, and. <laughs> I'll never forget, you know, um, kind of sitting there um, a couple years after that decision to run, um, still running, and, and kind of sitting there and just seeing how God was using other people in callings and in promises that he had given me. And it kind of opened my eyes to see that I'm not really nothing, you know, if God's will is going to be done either way. You know, whether it's through you or whether it's some from someone else. Um, are there specific things and specific abilities and talents he's given you? Absolutely. Um, are there certain people you can reach that other people can't? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, God is God. <laughs> his will, his plan, his purpose is going to be fulfilled. And if you decide to remove yourself from that, then that's that's the decision you've made. Yeah. It's not gonna stop his kingdom from advancing. Right. Yeah, I've got two things, and we can wrap it up. Um, you know, I, there's a scripture, and, and I'm sorry, I don't have it prepared, um, but it says many are called, few few are chosen, chosen yeah. right? You know, I, I, I used to think that, well, God called a lot of people, but he actually picked a few. But I think it's, I don't think it's that, that way. It's, I think he calls us all. Right. Um, and few choose to, to uh, you know, pursue it you choose to yeah. do it so you know dylan like you said um other people were were fulfilling your calling mm -hmm. you know god might call 10 people to do the same thing that you do in the same area and you you know you might be the only obedient one right and you can shine your light to those around you um and and free will is just a beautiful thing uh in some regards sometimes it's just like you know why mm -hmm. um and then another thing i just want to close on the the World Cup's coming up. Um, I don't know if you guys knew that. You guys big football fans? American. Okay. So, so no. <laughs> no. <laughs> football. You said football. Yeah, football. Football. Yeah. No, no. No, we're you know, football originated in England and they speak what language there? American English. English. American yeah. <laughs> English. So in England they speak English, so they call it football, right? Not football. It is called that in certain parts of the world, but anyways, 
I don't think this is an international team, podcast, who's your right? Favorite team? Um, well, actually, it is. Probably shouldn't say that on a church podcast, though. My favorite team's in Manchester <laughs> United. <laughs> World Cup's coming up, all right, and and. I've had the the blessed uh, opportunity to have gone to a couple professional soccer matches, and here's what I've noticed: I've I've gone to them before I live for God, and I've gone to them once I accepted God's calling in my life. Okay, and here's the two juxtaposed differences: um, the first being, I loved it. It was I was a huge fan, yelling, screaming, supporting, right? And then the second one when I was living for God. I noticed a lot of things and it made me sad. It made me almost sad to be there. Okay. So the world cup's a little different. The world cup's the biggest stage in football or soccer where countries come together and you had to qualify and you're basically competing against other countries. It only happens every four years and you're competing to be the best country and to players. It's the greatest achievement of their life. Okay. To the fans, it's an even greater accomplishment. So, for example, when Brazil won the World Cup, Brazil is a very relatively poor country, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the majority of people that play soccer, that's why it's such a global sport um, because all you need is a ball. Sometimes you don't even need that, a ball. Like, you can wad up, you know, socks. And Pele's done that. It, it's just you can play it at any economic level that you're at, so it's so popular. It meant everything to the people that win the World Cup. Everything to the fans. That was their highlight. The elation they felt when they win. And same thing for players. And this can translate to any sport, right? For the fans, the diehard fans, for the athletes that this is their whole life, it's there's no greater accomplishment. Well, guess what? When the sun rises the next day, is that elation still there? Maybe. It's probably faded a little bit. What happens in a year? Okay. What happens in four years when another team wins it? And now all of a sudden you're 12 years removed of your World Cup. People still remember it, mm-hmm. but the high you felt, the the amount of effort and energy that you had poured into winning this championship, right? And sports is just an easy example. Um, and, I, you know, nothing against sports or whatever. Um, it's temporary. It's hay and stubble. Yeah. Um, and but we're so blinded by that, we're so wrapped up in that in our world, you know that that's what it. I mean, most people just get excited when their teams are in the, the title fight. That's the best part of it. But when they actually win it, it's great. You know, it's it's fun for a while, but then it just it fades so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I'm in a, a football stadium and I hear all these fans crying and cheering their hearts out to this, it's it's become an idol in their life. Absolutely, yeah. and. I feel like entertainment and that it's just become that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sports are huge about that. Yeah. Where I think, man, if they would spend half the energy they spent following their team, the time it takes, like there's like what? 130 games in a baseball season. 140, 62, 162. Yeah. I mean, think about following the Cubs for a whole year, which that'd be a high and low in itself. <laughs> Just a little. That's what I was <laughs> yeah, gonna say. Yeah. Maybe just a little. That's South a lot Bend of, that's is a lot better of than Chicago. Where, where you dump in. <laughs> so, you know, it's just this. But that's what you're allowed to put your, you know, your identity in. Yeah. Is, is your. Yeah. And it's just the comfort that we we get to experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I've said it before on the podcast. You know, at the end of my basketball career, um, I. 
you know, for, for me and my brother, sports was, was a lot of our growing up, um, especially baseball and, um, the amount of effort, energy put into it, um, you know, I may still be young, but my body was very used and abused, um, by that effort and by, you know, the practices and, and, um, conditioning you had to do. Um, but you know, at the last buzzer sound of my, my basketball career, it kind of looked up and was sitting there, you know, thinking, well, this was kind of (laughs) pointless. Like what, what did I use all that time that I could have used for, for God, for the kingdom? Um, and I don't, re- you know, I'm not saying I regret it. I'm not saying basketball is bad, but I'm saying, you know, we need to be careful at how much we give. You know, we can't give 90% to the world and 10% to God. It's not going to work. It's right, not gonna right. Work. And I think that's a choice we all have to make. And I think once you make the choice to surrender more, um, it'll just, it'll it'll bring joy that you can't even understand and peace and, you know, purpose. Um, because if your whole sole purpose is being a fan of of you know, the Tottenham Hotspurs. I'm sorry, first off, because you're going to have a lot of heartache. Um, and, you know, it's just going to be just a sad, disappointing life. I don't even know what that means, Alex, but I feel sad for those who are followers, whoever you just said. Yeah. Our sound man, Matt, is waving his hand around. Are you a sad man? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. All right. Braylon, you got anything left to add? I do not. Alex, got anything left to say? No, no. Thanks for letting me be on the podcast. Tell you what, this has been a good one. Um, I'm Dylan Cottrell. And I'm Braylon Wareham. With us was Alex Hattershell, a.k.a. Doug. We had a great time. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Give us feedback. Uh, follow, like, subscribe. Do all the things you know to do. We'll see you next time. <laughs>